and welcome to another exciting episode of a cozy Christmas podcast. I'm your host, Art. And in spite of the groundhog, I hope you've had a wonderful February. I saw something online that Groundhog Hunting Day is going to begin on February 1st. Uh, I, I believe this year he saw his shadow, and now we've been subjected to six more weeks of this of this cold winter we've been having here in Iowa. But the Arctic blast has gone through, and it is starting to warm up, if you can call the low 20s to 30s warm. I guess considering last week we had wind chills down to minus 40, uh, yeah, it's, it's warmer. Well, wherever you are and whatever side of the earth you're in, whether it's hot or cold, I hope you're having a great February and are looking forward to all the fun Christmas celebrations yet to come throughout this year. Some exciting news. Uh, last week, I was interviewed for a, a fellow Christmas podcast called Christmas Time in the City, hosted by Chris and Chris, who live in New York City. And I really enjoy their podcast, uh, even though I'm a, I'm a country bumpkin myself, but I enjoy their podcast. Really had a lot of fun on their on their episode, and I'll make sure to post uh, that episode when it comes out on my social medias, so keep an eye out for that. We played a couple of quiz games, which I, at least for part of them, I epically failed on, and my, my answers were nowhere near even, even close to being right. But to be fair, math is not one of my strong points, so <laughs> so there's that. But I look forward to sharing that with you. We had a great time on their podcast, and, and I'm hoping to have them on sometime this year as well. Hello! Hello, Gracie, and uh, Squishmallow the bear, and I'm joined with Marshmallow the bear. All these, all these bears in our house, it's getting a little crazy. They're kind of our sound barriers. That's right. Uh, we can pile up the bears and have a sound barrier. A sound barrier. <laughs> Isn't that funny, Squishmallow? He nods yes. Good job. All right. Well, we are, we are having a snow day today, and Gracie is having the giggles. <laughs> we had a, another snowstorm come through. We are stuck inside. I made brownies, which were delicious. Brownies with chocolate chips. You know what would have made it better is chocolate ice cream and chocolate syrup and chocolate sprinkles, all the chocolate stuff. Oh, that all sounds good. So today we are here to bring you some holly jolly fun. Right, guys? You got more nods from the bears. Okay. <laughs> I am using what's called the holly jolly Christmas. It's a tag on booktube. And I think it was created by the Book Castle channel, so you can check that channel out. Um, but I've got some questions here about Christmas that I'm going to ask Gracie, and right. we'll see how she answers. Some of these we may have asked already on a past episode. Are but there any juicy questions? Nope, no juicy questions, I don't think. Like, who's your crush at Christmas time? Oh, Santa Claus. No, um. <laughs> Santa Claus, okay. That's an acceptable answer. Maybe Rudolph? No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> okay. Rudolph. First first question is, what is your favorite Christmas movie? This is so hard. I just like... Yeah. I really like all of the movies, honestly. I can't time to set it this do, 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 I don't do, do, do. I like all of them. You like all of them? That's an acceptable answer. It's just like, I like Elf. Elf is funny. Yeah. I like 
just your classics, you know. We, um, we and you liked the new Grinch. Yeah, I liked um, that one. And you liked Elf. I I have so many favorites. I just can't like mm-hmm. name them all. Yeah, me it's too. hard to pick a favorite because they're all good. Honestly, it's kind yeah. of hard to find a Christmas movie that's bad. I mean, you can find them. But, that's right. Like, yeah, yeah. But, well, like, and they're all pretty funny. We enjoyed some new ones this year, and you you liked that new Christmas Chronicles movie. Mm-hmm. It think. was kind of silly and stupid at the same time, though. Yeah. But it's still fun. Yeah, the the second one you liked too, even in the first one we liked. So, all right, number two. Are you on the naughty list or the nice list this year? Or I guess, were you on the naughty list? I don't know. <laughs> I have to ask that Santa. I guess um, you have to ask Santa that one, yeah. I think it depends on the time or like, because sometimes we all make mistakes and we're naughty sometimes. So it might mm-hmm. depend on like mm-hmm. the time of day or even the, just the days in general. But I wouldn't say I'm always on the night nice list but i wouldn't say i'm always on the naughty list you know just like right. your average kid <laughs> well I, I i think as, as your parent you were on the nice list this year so your your brothers were on the naughty list <laughs> was i on the nice list or the naughty list um squishmallow you came for christmas so oh that's right you were a present i was shoved in a box and then mailed and then i came here and this guy threw me on the porch and and then they took me inside and put me in a different box and wrapped me up and threw me under a tree until she opened me and gave me hugs oh what an adventure <laughs> take that out <laughs> all right number three of course i will number three have you ever had a white christmas i think so oh yes we have but one year the past few years have just been kind of depressing like <laughs> I think it was 2016. We just had, like, rain, and it was horrible. Hmm. One year, last year, it was, like, 60 degrees on Christmas. Yeah, uh, 2019. Like, and then... Maybe not that hot, but, like, there was, like, one teeny patch of snow, and it was, like, 55 hmm. degrees out, so that was stupid. This year, it was, like, there was yeah, a bit wasn't... of snow. There was a bit of snow. There was more, like, a dusting, but... And it was normal winter weather, so... But then, a few weeks later... That's when we got attacked with all the snow. Yeah. Man, if it was just a few weeks earlier, then... I know. We need to have Christmas in January. Or February. Or February. We're there getting we attacked this year in February. Yeah, so. it's been unrelenting this year. We are all sure. ready for spring. We were excited, like, in the beginning, like, yay, we get a snow day. But literally, we had no school Monday. We had school... We had a late start on Tuesday. Wednesday was our only full day of school because... Thursday and Friday, we had school off. I don't know why. I know Friday was a teacher in-service day, but Thursday, I don't know why we had school off. But we literally had hmm. only one full day of school this weekend. A yeah. Day, so, that was so we've been home special. a lot this week. <laughs> I'm hoping we can have school tomorrow, though. I, I think so. I think we'll have it. Because, it's starting yeah. to stop now. This one might not apply to you, but do you start your Christmas shopping on Black Friday, or do you wait to the last minute? We start Christmas shopping earlier than black friday okay that's yeah we do sometimes do that don't we i don't know we are we can already be like ordering presents at like near the beginning of november even Mm -hmm. like because we just especially this past year 2020 because we want everything to be here on time mom had us making christmas lists late october early november just because she wanted everything down but so they could order it and get it here on time because this year's just been stupid. So <laughs> That's true. But yeah, I say at least 2020, we started even earlier than Black Friday. 
Mm. Some might be last minute. Dad, I'm speaking to you. <laughs> what? Because, like, I'm like, Dad, okay, we need to go get Sam a present. And it's like Christmas, the day before Christmas Eve. You're like, oh, I gotta go get a present. I'm not kidding. This is, this is the truth. <laughs> I don't remember that. Um, so it didn't happen. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If you could be in a Christmas movie, which one would you be in and why? I'd probably. The Grinch and I'd want to play Cindy Lou. I don't look anything mm. like Cindy Lou, but oh. yeah. no one's actually ever seen my face, but I don't look like Cindy Lou. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking that that new Grinch, are you you talking about that one? I'm just talking or about... Or just about the Grinch in general, yeah. any any film? Jim Car- probably the live... Like, if I was to do the new Grinch, I'd have to play her voice, oh. which I mm-hmm. don't sound like Cindy Lou either. Um, but if I did, like, the original... Grinch, Jim Carrey Grinch, I'd have to play her. That's yeah. probably more what I was thinking. Interesting. I was I was thinking I would like to be in the new Grinch, but like actually get to go into the into the movie world. Yeah, you would play that guy, <laughs> that little that fat little, guy, the little round brown, guy, yeah, with the brown beard. That's yeah. how much you love Christmas. And uh, I can't remember his name now, but he was yeah. he was awesome. I love and him. the the decorations in that animated film look so beautiful it's it's really cozy <laughs> oh we have misbehaving bears okay <laughs> can you name all of santa's reindeer dasher dancer prancer vixen donner cupid i'm not going to... dasher and dancer and prancer and vixen donner and cupid and donner and blixen rudolph yep that's it? I think so. I got it. Wow. You have to think about you the song. It. Yeah. At the beginning, you know, Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen and Connor and Cupid and Donner and Blitz. Comet, I think it's Comet and Cupid. Comet and Cupid. Not Donner. No, no, it's Donner. I thought you said Connor. No, I said, I <laughs> Is think it Connor it's... the reindeer? No, it's Donner. He's he's Donner's Connor, understudy. Case Donner. Connor and Cupid. No, it's not Connor. It's Comet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm confused. I thought Connor, was... Connor, the reindeer nobody talks about. <laughs> I it was Connor. Not Connor, no. Comet and Cupid and Donnard. 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 Okay, I, I obviously need to Okay, more. so, so the, this is the B string for uh, okay, Santa's Okay, you know, elf. Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen. Donner. No, Comet and Comet Cupid. And Cupid. Donner and Blitzen. <laughs> okay. Go. Now we got it. Okay, <laughs> I, I keep mixing them up. Donner is a reindeer, but I just had it. Yeah, and Connor, but, he's he's one of the other reindeers nobody talks about. He's an invisible about. reindeer. He's he's Connor. the weirdo. Connor is the weirdo that stays home. <laughs> I thought Connor was a reindeer. Oh boy! I now we got out. the giggles. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So question seven, when does your family put up the Christmas decorations and who does it? July. No, Squishmallow. <laughs> um, probably late November-ish, yeah. like, right? And mm-hmm. dad puts up the tree and mom puts up, like, the around the house decorations. He'll put up the stuff outside, but my mom does the majority of the decorating, putting all, like, the stuff around the house and stuff in. Major scene, all that stuff. She puts up all like the decorations around the house. He puts up the tree and stuff outside. And us kids do we do the ornament decorating. So, all right. Question eight: Is your Christmas tree real or fake? 
fake. Yeah, it's fake. We need a new one so bad. Every year there's like 25 million needles all over the floor. One day it's just going to be bare. I know a lot of people get real trees though. It might be fun to do some years. It would be fun to do one year. But... We don't um, want it to be too tall like Buddy's, Buddy the Elves because he had to jump under the tree to get the star on top, but it didn't quite work out and he all fell. He fell onto the floor. So. I, I volunteer to do that, jump off the couch onto the top of the tree. No problem. Question nine. Peeking at gifts or being surprised? And I know we've talked about this um, one before. Sometimes I look under the tree at the gifts and maybe touch them a bit, but I don't like peek in the wrapping paper or in the box or anything because mm. that kind of ruins it. It does. And as far as I know, my kids all have been pretty good at not sneaking and snooping in their presence. I was awful at it when I was a kid, <laughs> as I think I've shared that story before. I sometimes uh, guess what's in the box. Like I'll look at them like, that looks like that. That looks like that. One year on my yeah. birthday, there was this lego set i really wanted so i looked at um all of my presents and i'm like that looks about the size of that lego set hmm, i think that's in there and then it was well this next question isn't is a visual one but it says show us your ugly christmas sweater if you have one we don't really own any. no we don't really do no at the high school my kid my son goes to the the cheerleaders had a fundraiser where they were they were selling sweatshirts that look like ugly Christmas sweaters, and it has the school name on it and, and everything in the school colors. So red, white, and blue, not very Christmassy, but right? Whatever. But it looks like an ugly Christmas sweater that has the name of our school on it. So I had to get that, and that was pretty awesome. Yeah, um, I was really excited to get that, and it's quite cozy. Yeah. All right. Uh oh, here's a juicy one. If you could be under the mistletoe with anyone, who would it be? <laughs> the truth comes out now. I had a crush, but I forgot who. Oh, I'm a YouTuber. <laughs> a YouTuber? Oh, my. Okay, enough said. Let's move on. Let's move I'm on. I'm not naming the person. Okay. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. I'll have to see what you're watching on YouTube now. <laughs> How about one of your bears? Let's just say one of your bears and what we'll, we'll call or, it good. Or Santa Claus or something. I, I would want to be under the mistletoe with your mom, of course. <laughs> or, no, never mind. Okay, I'm just going to be quiet too. <laughs> this is awkward. Can we move on? New question. Number 12. Does your family have a special Christmas recipe you like to make? I'm still recovering. Um, <laughs> so embarrassed. <laughs> Oh man, we got the giggles now. It's not the giggles, it's the nervous laugh because you're gonna go around YouTube looking at every boy and trying to decide which one's no, my crush. I, I guarantee I will not be going on YouTube. But you're gonna look at my computer. Every screen. video of boys hmm. on YouTube. I can um, promise you I won't do that. Ah, uh, snowballs. Oh, the snowball cookies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, those are good. They're kind of like. I don't know where, like, mom got the recipe for that, but I don't mm. really, I don't see anyone else who makes them. Are you a pro present wrapper? No. Or do you fail miserably? <laughs> yeah. miserably, definitely. Yep, same. I cannot wrap a present nicely. The only <laughs> one who can wrap a present nicely is our grandparents and maybe our mom. Yeah, mom does a good job. Grandma and grandpa do. I've been over at friends' houses and they're, like, perfect wrapping and I'm like, 
my house. We don't care. We just. <laughs> I would put them all in a gift bag, but. Like I try, I try, <laughs> or but like I fail. A Walmart bag or something. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> but I guess it talks about. <laughs> One time, I my mom wrapped a present in my dad's underwear. <laughs> <laughs> they were boxer shorts. Or something. <laughs> All right, I'm going to cut that part out. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> All right. Uh, question 14, on to better questions. Have you ever gone Christmas caroling? Yeah. Yep, we have. Um, there's a retirement home in town here that we've gone to, to go Christmas caroling there. And we've gone Christmas caroling as a family. Yep, as a family, we, we do that to some of the people we know. All, pretty much all of us can sing, so... I don't. We didn't go this year, though, because... We did, uh, a little bit. Like, did we? Oh, we did, yeah. Yeah, we went to live with cookies and we sang That's right. Before. I forgot about that. On Christmas Eve, in fact, I think it was, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Oh, hi, Squishmallow. My name is Squishmallow. Or Squishy. Whatever you refer me as. Okay. <laughs> Do you like Christmas? Yes, I love Christmas. I love everything. Oh, good. Do you make... <laughs> out, take Do you make New Year's resolutions and do you stick to them? Kind of, sometimes. Sometimes I forget them all, but other times, no. Yeah, I I don't. Usually, uh, I always joke that I, I make a resolution to not make a resolution. But <laughs> this year, <laughs> I, I I honestly wanted to try to do more exercise and do better at that. But it's... I don't think you're doing very well. It, it's not going so well. This last couple of weeks have been okay. But yeah. since the weather's been so bad, it's been really hard to get out and get exercise uh last question you have been granted one christmas wish what is it for i'd wish for everyone to just have a family that they could celebrate with and stuff i know it sounds kind of sad but it's true (laughs) that would be a wish i would make well yours is way better than what i was gonna say (laughs) what would you i was gonna say i want all the all the books on my amazon wish list well, I feel okay, now I feel I were, bad now. No, 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 no. If, no like, that's I, a good wish, though. If I would like, I just want everyone to have a family to celebrate with. That would be my wishes. Yeah. Even if they like can't get gifts or anything, right? mm. I feel like family is the main part of Christmas. So. Mm-hmm. Well, that's. And if a... it weren't something kind of like that, I would probably wish to get everything I had on my list. But... <laughs> okay. Yeah. I guess <laughs> I. I, I was being a little selfish here, <laughs> but, just, uh, but no, like, that's a good. Yeah. That's a good wish. Um, mm-hmm. That everyone would have a family to celebrate, celebrate with. I know, with. it's kind yeah. of sad when you just kind of want to sit in your room and cry, but don't do that. Yeah, well, that's a good wish. I, I think that definitely puts you on, on the good list for today. Yay! I just did a Google search of cute Christmas bears, and now we're going to get we're gonna go look at those for a while. <laughs> He's so cute! Okay. Sorry, okay. I have problems. I just brought up a picture. Oh, look at this little one. <laughs> He's holding a candy cane. All right. Well, we're going to go look at Christmas teddy bears. You all finish listening to the rest of the episode, and we'll talk to you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. All right. Uh, next, we have a listener memory from Rick. Now, this is the last one he has sent in. So, Rick, we might need to hear more from you here in upcoming episodes. I've got a couple of other memories that have come in. So if you have a Christmas memory, no matter what time of year you're listening to this, just email that to me or send in a voice recording. 
and I'll get you on the show. You can send that to cozychristmaspodcast at gmail.com or reach out to me on any of the social medias like Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and I'll read your memory on the show. And Rick says, as you may remember, I appreciate a variety of music, especially around Christmas time. While I love Christmas music, so much of it is redundant, even when performed by different artists. However, I almost forgot about one song that sends me back to my childhood Christmases like no other. And perhaps I may be the only person in the world who has this reaction. That song? Downtown by Petula Clark. When I was young, growing up in Lafayette, my daily world was restricted to the areas that I could reach on my bicycle. I had school in the neighborhood, as well as a couple of neighborhood shopping centers before the advent of malls and their adverse effect on local businesses. We had Danner's 5 and 10 cent store, sometimes called the 5 and Dime, in Osco Drugs, with their Woolworth-style lunch counter. We had a donut shop, Hall's service station, a couple of pizza shops, and a Marsh grocery store. So when we got to go downtown, that was something special. Lafayette had a beautifully ornate courthouse and a very beautiful downtown area, which played host to the annual Christmas parade, making downtown even more special at Christmas time. Around the courthouse were a variety of stores, each decorated inside and out for Christmas. There was Penny's, Loeb's, a local department store, things like that, all trying to lure the customer in with their elegant window displays. By far, my favorite store was Western Auto, which had everything a young kid could want, from BB guns to walkie-talkies. And like silver bells, there seemed to be a Santa's helper ringing bells on every street corner. So every year, my parents would load the kids up into the station wagon and head downtown for the parade and let us visit Santa inside Loeb's. After that, we would spend hours window shopping, pointing out things we would like, before heading to the Christmas tree lot to choose our tree. It was wonderful, just like a Christmas story. Now, when I hear the song Downtown, I immediately go back to those innocent Christmas days downtown, where the lights are much brighter there, and we can forget all our troubles, forget all our cares. Not the typical Christmas song, but it sends me back to Christmas nonetheless. And then Rick wishes us a Merry Christmas. So I've been trying to think if there are non-Christmas songs that put me in a Christmas mood. Now, I know some of you will will say, well, Jingle Bells technically isn't a Christmas song since it doesn't mention Christmas or Winter Wonderland, things like that. And I think that's kind of cheating, though, because we just associate those with Christmas. So if there are some songs that aren't necessarily Christmas songs, but they put you in the Christmas mood, let me know about those. I think it'd be interesting to hear from you if you have that connection with Rick. Yeah, there's a song that's not a Christmas song, but it reminds me of Christmas. I want to hear about that. So let me know. And I I love the picture Rick paints here about his time as a a child and and going downtown and seeing all the exciting Christmas things things. I lived in a similar town from the sounds of it where, you know, and this was even in the nineties where I lived in, um, in Washington for a while in Port Townsend. And we had a five and dime there. And there was, uh, that, that lunch style counter at a, at a drugstore that we also shared that in common. 
a lot of fun places to go. Port Townsend, if you've ever been there, is a it's a real neat old fashioned town in that sense. There's a lot of Victorian style houses built, and it's located right on a on the bay. So you see the ferry boats going in and out, and all kinds of shipping traffic happening around. It's a beautiful a beautiful town, and even though it didn't snow very often uh, there in Washington, it it still looked very Christmassy uh, when it came Christmas time. So a lot of a lot of fun memories there. So thanks, Rick, for uh, bringing those up. And uh, I hope you hear downtown often throughout this coming year to help you stay in the Christmas spirit. So if you want to be awesome like Rick, send me your favorite Christmas memory, a tradition, a funny story, whatever you want. And I'll read it on the on the show and send you a, a Christmas card and a podcast sticker as my way of saying thanks for sharing. And again, you can send those to CozyChristmasPodcast at gmail.com or on any of my social medias. All right, this next segment is something new I'm starting called the Cozy Christmas Book Corner. I'm going to be talking about probably about once a month or so about a, a Christmas book that I've enjoyed. And some of them I'm going to be reading for the first time. So I don't know if they're going to be good or not, but they sounded interesting. And then there's going to be some that I have read that I can say for sure that this is a good one. And when I can, I'm going to hopefully have the author on to talk about their book a little bit too. So for the first book I want to uh, recommend to you this year is by a podcaster named Beth Kempton. And I've talked about her podcast before. And she has a, a podcast called The Calm Christmas Podcast. So her book is called A Calm Christmas and a Happy New Year, A Little Book of Festive Joy. It is basically an expansion on her podcast where she gives a lot of tips and hints on how to have a Christmas that is calm and refreshing and restorative. So instead of starting the new year completely wiped out and overwhelmed and frazzled, her goal is to help you to be able to to balance your life and your interests and how you celebrate so that it recharges you and prepares you for the new year. So a little bit about Beth, according to the her Goodreads author page, it says that she is an award-winning and best-selling author of Wabi Sabi, Japanese Wisdom for a Perfectly Imperfect Life, as well as the books Calm Christmas and A Happy New Year. We are in this together and Freedom Seeker. Beth's books have been translated into 24 languages, chosen as an Apple USA must-listen audiobook on iTunes, and recommended in Time Magazine, British Vogue, The Telegraph, Sunday Times, Style, and Psychology's Magazine, among others. Beth has two degrees in Japanese and has spent many years living and working in Japan, which she considers her second home. She is also a qualified yoga teacher and a... uh, Ricky Master, and I'm not sure what that is, I apologize if I mispronounced that, which is trained, and she's trained in the Japanese tradition in Tokyo. As founder of the company Do What You Love, Beth has produced and taught online courses and workshops that have helped tens of thousands of people all over the world to discover their passion, explore their creativity, and live a more inspired life. She describes herself as a wanderer, 
an adventurer, and a seeker of beauty. Beth is also the mother of two small girls who fill her with joy every single day. And you can find out more about her on bethkempton.com as well as dowhatyouloveforlife.com. And she's on Facebook and Instagram as well. I had really wanted to have her on the show uh, today, but it our, again, our schedules weren't going to work out. She has written a wonderful self-help book in Calm Christmas and a Happy New Year. Yeah, there are hints and, and tricks on how to get yourself better organized for Christmas, but it's transferable information that you can apply to any area of your life. She guides you through finding out what truly matters to you when you celebrate Christmas and putting more emphasis on that than rather spreading yourself too thin, trying to do everything. Basically, as, as, the, as the description of the book says, it is full of personal stories, tips and advice for slowing down, staying calm, and connecting with others. It offers a welcome retreat from the pressure to create the perfect Christmas. This book came out in 2019, and I got to say, how timely was that? Because the information in that book is perfect for this past year of, of quarantine and COVID Christmas. It's like she knew what was coming and was able to uh, give us help that would even work during a time of quarantine. Hopefully this year we won't have to worry about COVID and quarantining and all that. So if you're just looking for a, a self-help book on how to be better organized and if you're just wanting somebody to speak peace and calmness to you, I really recommend checking out her, her book and her audiobook too, her podcast. Her, her voice is so soothing and calm her help that she offers is, is common sense. It's, you're left thinking, well, why didn't I think of that? You know, and sometimes we need that voice of calm and peace in our life to to just help us organize our chaotic thoughts. And this book will certainly do that for you. So if you're, if you enter January completely overwhelmed and at wit's end and buried under mountains of debt that racked up over December, then this book might be for you. If you enjoy just hearing somebody share little personal stories and and just exuding this this sense of calm and peace, um, again, I'd recommend her book and her podcast. Some of the other things she's involved with, I don't know a whole lot about, uh, but from the sounds of it, do what you love for life.com. Um, I might be checking that out more, uh, see what they have to offer there. I mean, this is partly where this podcast has come from is doing something that I love and wanted to do and how much enjoyment I've gotten out of this that has offered no, you know, financial security, no fame or fortune has come along, but it's something that I've really enjoyed and has been a bright spot in a very dark year last year. I, I'd encourage you to check her, her work out and pick up this book if you, if you like and, and have it be uh, on your shelf for this coming Christmas. Right now is probably the best time to start reading it uh, because she'll have things for you to do throughout the year to help you get ready for Christmas. All right. In March, we'll have another book. I don't know what that will be yet, so stay tuned for that. And I'll I'll try to make it a variety of old books and new books uh, that are available out there. Now, if you're a longtime listener of this podcast, you know 
I love a good story, and I love books. Specifically, I love to collect books by Charles Dickens. I have all of his novels, and I'm now in the process of collecting um, some of his nonfiction work and short story collections. But I also do have multiple copies of the same title. If I happen to like the way one book looks and the way it's crafted, sometimes I'm a sucker (laughs) and have to get it. And so I'm working on having a unified collection, you know, of all one type. There are also different other authors I love to collect, like Ray Bradbury, uh, Louise Penny, Alan Bradley, Alexander McCall Smith has just a genius when it comes to writing stories. So our story today is about a man who loves Edgar Allan Poe and loves to collect his, his books. The story is called The Set of Poe by George Ade. George Ade lived from 1866 to 1944. According to Wikipedia, so take this for what it's worth, that he was an American writer, syndicated newspaper columnist, and playwright who gained national notoriety at the turn of the 20th century with his Stories of the Streets and of the Town, a column that used street language and slang to describe daily life in Chicago, and a column of his fables and slang, which were humorous stories that featured vernacular speech and the liberal use of capitalization in his character's dialogue. Aid's fables and slang gained him wealth and fame as an American humorist, as well as earning him the nickname of the Aesop of Indiana. His notable early books include Artie, published 1896, Pink Marsh, published 1897, Fables and Slang, published 1900, the first in a series of books, and In Babel, 1903, a collection of his short stories. His first play produced for the Broadway stage was The Sultan of Sulu, written in 1901. The Shogun and his best-known plays, The Country Chairman and The College Widow, were simultaneously appearing on Broadway in 1904. Aid also wrote scripts and had some of his fables and plays adapted into motion pictures. George Aid sounds like one of those authors that I should have known about but didn't. But then when I read about what he wrote... About I've heard about some of his work. He he's, might be worth checking out more. But I'm this is the only story I know about by him. This is a, a, a humorous story. And this was first published in 1903. The Set of Poe by George Aid. Mr. Waterby remarked to his wife, I'm still tempted by that set of Poe. I saw it in the window today marked down to $15. "'Yes?' said Mrs. Waterby, with a sudden gasp of emotion, it seemed to him. "'Yes, I believe I'll have to get it.' "'I wouldn't if I were you, Alfred,' she said. "'You have so many books now.' "'I know I have, my dear, but I haven't any set of Poe, and that's what I've been wanting for a long time. "'This edition I was telling you about is beautifully gotten up.' "'Oh, I wouldn't buy it, Alfred,' she repeated, and there was a note of pleading earnestness in her voice." It's so much money to spend for a few books. Well, I know, but... And then he paused for the lack of words to express his mortified surprise. Mr. Waterby had tried to be an indulgent husband. He took a selfish pleasure in giving and found it more blessed than receiving. Every salary day he turned over to Mrs. Waterby a fixed sum for household expenses. He added to this an allowance for her spending money. He set aside a small amount for his personal expenses 
and deposited the remainder in the bank. He flattered himself that he approximated the model husband. Mr. Waterby had no costly habits and no prevailing appetite for anything expensive. Like every other man, he had one or two hobbies, and one of his particular hobbies was Edgar Allan Poe. He believed that Poe, of all American writers, was the one unmistakable genius. The word genius has been bandied around the country until it has come to be applied to a long-haired man out of work or a stout lady who writes poetry for the rural press. In the case of Poe, Mr. Waterby maintained that genius meant one who is not governed by the common mental processes, but who spoke from inspiration, his mind involuntarily taking superhuman flight into the realm of pure imagination, or something of that sort. At any rate, Mr. Waterby liked Poe and he wanted a set of Poe. He allowed himself not more than one luxury a year, and he determined that this year the luxury should be a set of Poe. Therefore, imagine the hurt to his feelings when his wife objected to his expending $15 for that which he coveted above anything else in the world. As he went to his work that day, he reflected on Mrs. Waterby's conduct. Did she not have her allowance of spending money? Did he ever find fault with her extravagance? Was he an unreasonable husband in asking that he be allowed to spend this small sum for that which would give him many hours of pleasure and which would belong to Mrs. Waterby as much as to him? He told himself that many a husband would have bought the books without consulting his wife. But he, Waterby, had deferred to his wife in all matters, touching family finances. And he said to himself, with a tincture of bitterness in his thoughts, that probably he had put himself into the attitude of a mere dependent. For had she not forbidden him to buy a few books for himself? Well, no, she had not forbidden him, but it amounted to the same thing. She had declared that she was firmly opposed to the purchase of Poe. Mr. Waterby wondered if it were possible that he was just beginning to know his wife. Was she a selfish woman at heart? Was she complacent and good-natured and kind only while she was having her own way? Wouldn't she prove to be an entirely different sort of woman if he should do as many husbands do, spend his income on clubs and cigars and private amusement, and gave her the pickings of small change? Nothing in Mr. Waterby's whole experience as a married man had so wrenched his sensibilities and disturbed his faith as Mrs. Waterby's objection to the purchase of the set of Poe. There was but one way to account for it. She wanted all the money for herself, or else she wanted him to put it into the bank so that she could come into it after he, but this was too monstrous. However, Mrs. Waterby's conduct helped to give strength to Mr. Waterby's meanest suspicions. Two or three days after the first conversation, she asked, You didn't buy that set of Poe, did you, Alfred? No, I didn't buy it, he answered, as coldly and with as much hauteur as possible. He hoped to hear her say, well, why don't you go and get it? I'm sure that you want it, and I'd like to see you buy something for yourself once in a while. That would have shown the spirit of a loving and unselfish wife. But she merely said, That's right, don't buy it. And he was utterly unhappy, for he realized that he had married a woman who did not love him, and who simply desired to use him as a pack horse for all household burdens. As soon as Mr. Waterby had learned the horrible truth about his wife, he began to recall little episodes dating back years and now he pieced them together to convince himself that he was a deeply wronged person, small at the time and almost unnoticed. They now accumulated to prove that Mrs. Waterby had no real anxiety for her husband's happiness. 
Also, Mr. Waterby began to observe her more closely, and he believed that he found new evidence of her unworthiness. For one thing, while he was in gloom over his discovery, and harassed by doubts of what the future might reveal to him, she was content and even-tempered. The holiday season approached, and Mr. Waterby made a resolution. He decided that if she would not permit him to spend a little money on himself, he would not buy the customary Christmas present for her. Selfishness is a game at which two can play, he said. Furthermore, he determined that if she asked him for any extra money for Christmas, he would say, I'm sorry, my dear, but I can't spare any. I'm so hard up that I can't even afford to buy a few books I've been wanting a long time. Don't you remember that you told me that I couldn't afford to buy the set of Poe? Could anything be more biting as to sarcasm or more crushing as to logic? He rehearsed the speech and had it all ready for her, and he pictured to himself her humiliation and surprise at discovering that he had some spirit after all and a considerable say-so whenever money was involved. Unfortunately for his plan, she did not ask for any extra spending money, and so he had to rely on the other mode of punishment. He would withhold the expected Christmas present. In order that she might fully understand his purpose, he would give presents to both of the children. It was a harsh measure, he admitted, but perhaps it would teach her to have some consideration for the wishes of others. It must be said that Mr. Waterby was not wholly proud of his revenge when he arose on Christmas morning. He felt that he had accomplished his purpose, and he told himself that his motives had been good and pure, but still he was not satisfied with himself. He went to the dining room, and there, on the table in front of his plate, was a long paper box containing ten books, each marked Poe. It was the edition he had coveted. What's this? he asked, winking slowly, for his mind could not grasp in one moment the fact of his awful shame. I should think you ought to know, Alfred, said Mrs. Waterby, flushed and giggling like a schoolgirl. Oh, it was you. My goodness, you've had me so frightened. That first day when you spoke of buying them and I told you not to, I was just sure that you suspected something. I bought them a week before that. Yes, yes, said Mr. Waterby, feeling the salt water in his eyes. At that moment, he had the soul of a wretch being whipped at the stake. I was determined not to ask you for any money to pay for your own presents, Mrs. Waterby continued. Do you know I had to save for you and the children out of my regular allowance? Why, last week I nearly starved you and you never noticed it at all. I was afraid you would. No, I didn't notice it, said Mr. Waterby, brokenly, for he was confused and giddy. This self-sacrificing angel. And he had bought no Christmas present for her. It was a fearful situation, and he lied his way out of it. How did you like your present? he asked. Why, I haven't seen it yet, she said, looking across at him in surprise. You haven't? I told them to send it up yesterday. The children were shouting and laughing over their gifts in the next room, and he felt it his duty to lie for their sake. Well, don't tell me what it is, interrupted Mrs. Waterby. Wait until it comes. I'll go after it. And he did go after it although he had to drag a jeweler away from his home on Christmas Day and have him open his great safe. The ring which he selected was beyond his means, it is true, but when a man has to buy back his self-respect, the price is never too high. And that is The Set of Poe by George Ade.
I I love that story. Mr. Waterby is awful and he does not deserve his wife. She is, she is a gem. Just a, a, a fun reminder to us that we may not know the whole story and let's think kindly of people and, and think the best of them. You know, I, I see the story almost as an alternative to the, the, the gift of the Magi where both married couples there give sacrificially to each other and and they have each other's best interests in heart and in, in mind. But in this story, you know, he's he's let selfishness come in and and greed. So when his wife doesn't let him buy what he wants, he thinks oh, she's out to get me. He thinks she wants she doesn't want me to be happy. She just wants my money. All these things and it just builds and builds and builds and he's left with egg on his face. But uh, the part that really resonates with me is, you know, that desire to collect a set of your favorite author and, and you want that so desperately, Uh, you know, good reminder too, that as enjoyable as these books are and as enjoyable as those things are, they're just things. Are they really worth sacrificing your relationships for? Some things for us to think about as we look forward to the gift giving season. Let's give to one another selflessly and think the best of each other. Coming up in March, I've got some episodes planned and things are going to be real busy for us this coming month. So I'm hoping I can stay on schedule. So just keep an eye out. If you're subscribed to the podcast, they should be downloaded automatically to your podcatcher of choice. Or you can always find us at CozyChristmasPod.com or cozychristmas.libsyn.com. Um, both sites will get you there. So in March is a holy time for many for many uh, Christian faiths, and I'm planning to talk about things that relate to faith and Christmas as we lead up to Easter in the first part of April. Now, I don't want to exclude those who may have a different faith or, or no faith at all, and I would certainly welcome you to the discussion. And so let me know how you celebrate uh, Easter or if you even do or not. Um, Do you celebrate Christmas and and is it religious for you or or is it something different? As I've said, I'm here to learn. I'm not here to debate or criticize or or condemn. Uh, That's not the purpose of this podcast. Uh, But I want to explore some ideas about faith in the different ways we celebrate. And honestly, right now, I'm not even sure what, what that's going to look like. Uh, as always, I'm I'm behind the curve on things, but uh, we'll be talking about uh, some different things directly related to faith. Uh, as I said, this is a very religious and sacred time of the year for many people with the Lent season and Easter Sunday coming up in April. And so my hope is that I will learn more about what others believe and that you will learn more about what I believe and that we can learn from each other. One thing I do know I'll be doing is in March, uh, I'll be reading some things from from Dickens again. If you're going to listen to this podcast, we're going to hear from from Mr. Dickens for sure. Um, he's written some interesting things about faith and about um, and about Jesus, and I'm going to read some of that from his little booklet that he wrote for his kids called "The Life of Our Lord." And so we'll look at that that story and some of its history. It's a really interesting part of of Dickens's life. A lot of fun things ahead. There'll still be some stories. We'll be continue to celebrate Christmas throughout the year. All right. So uh, with that in mind, do uh, be in touch with your Christmas stories and memories and 
any happy thoughts you have from this past year, I'd love to hear them. Um, you can again send those to cozy Christmas podcast at gmail.com. To help support the show, you can go to Kofi.com and for the price of a cup of coffee, you can help support us. That's ko-fi.com backslash cozy Christmas. And I'm also on Etsy where you can get a Ebenezer Scrooge ornament and that all helps helps the show. For now, be kind to each other and share your stories. And remember that there is nothing in the world so irresistibly contagious as laughter and good humor. Have a very Merry Christmas.